Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back with another episode of Kicks of Your Life. Today was a scheduling nightmare, but it's an exciting time because Jordan, would you like to introduce our guest today? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, we, we got two special guests. We got Brett Golliff and we got uh, Sir Langston Galloway with us. Uh, we're very happy and excited for them to join our show. Uh, you know, anytime we can bring guests on here and, uh, you know, Langston and I were able to flex our schedules and Brett as well and uh, make this come together. So we're excited. I like the drop of Sir Langston. You know, I'm a comedian and even I didn't see it. I should have saw that one right away. Nice little yeah. round table over here. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I think we should jump right into it right away because, you know, time's going to fly by very quickly. And this is the ethics one. But how did you guys get connected? You know, I know you guys met at SneakerCon, but why were you guys each there at SneakerCon? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I was at SneakerCon. Uh, normally in the summer times, I go to L.A. to work out. Uh, this SneakerCon was in Anaheim, so I was like, well, all my boys had hit me from StockX and, you know, uh, the various vendors. Like, yo, I think you should come out here to SneakerCon. Come check it out. You know, you might find some shoes, whatever the case may be. And I was like, hey, I, I'll come. I, I have no problem with that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I went out there by solo. I was just out there, um, met up with one of my guys, and we were just walking around, just meeting people, checking checking in on everything. And then, uh, hey, lo and behold, you know, I get introduced to Brett, uh, the the rest of his crew that uh, was there as well. And uh, that was the the start of something special. I mean, I, I mean, you know, fast forward a couple of years after that, uh, I'm in Detroit. Didn't even know Brett was in Detroit, but I remember him saying something about, you know, automotives. And I was like, I oh, might be here. I'll, I'll reach out to him and see what, you know, what we can do. Uh, so that was, that was the first like initial conversation of, Hey, look, this is what I do. I also do this. And it kind of, you know, started a friendship from there. You have a crew? I didn't know you were rolling like that. Okay. Got a posse. I, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I've been in the footwear scenario for a minute. I was, it was weird because he, he hit the automotive side. So uh, basically I was out there combining the two worlds. Uh, you know, I have this deep love of footwear and other pieces. And uh, basically at that time, Corvette and GM, who I, who I worked for during the day, they were, doing a piece on me internally of like, hey, you love Corvette. You design them and work with the other team on it. You also love footwear. How can we bridge the gaps? And we did it like a media thing. So we would have like basically like GQ and some other stuff around there. And they were interviewing me for articles and then we were walking around SneakerCon. Uh, but like, you know, before I got a GM, I was kind of deep in the footwear side and writing and stuff. So my crew that he references was predominantly people from Complex, StockX, and then uh, Sneaker News. So Yu Ming and, and those guys. So a lot of those, I was just kind of chatting. And it was very weird because I didn't really tell any of them that I was coming because it's kind of an unpredictable schedule. And uh, I, I, I totally remember the exact scenario that happened because like 
I have walked up and like people that I hadn't seen probably since like all-star weekend of like 15 or 16. And I think this was 2018. So it'd been a few years. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a homecoming. Like this is incredible. We're all chatting. It was Nick Ingvall in particular and Brandon Edler, Jacques Slade, and then uh, Oscar Castillo. And like, we're all chatting. And then I believe you were with Nick. Like you knew Nick, right? Lang, yeah. Yep. So Lang pops up and I was like, oh, interesting. He's got a pair of shoes, starts showing it off. We start talking and, you know, he immediately, we all followed each other, obviously, because that's what you do when you're in a big group around <laughs> that type of stuff. And uh, and then connections kept growing from there. I always, at that time, way more than now, I would post up like drawings that I was doing. And that's kind of how, how we connected in that sense. That's good that you referenced that, Brett. I forgot I had those shoes with me. I forgot yeah. all about that. I had a box of Q4s. Yeah, yeah I had a box of Q4s in my hand because that's when I was, I had just left Nike and was kind of going in the realm of, you know, kind of doing my own thing. Yeah. Uh, I remember having those Q4s in my hand and was showing it off to all the people. And, and some people liked them. Some people was like, ah, oh, you know, it's all right. So. Okay. So you left Nike. And at this point, you're like, I want my own shoe. I mean, that's everyone's dream. But how exactly did that come together? So so I left Nike, uh, which I had been with Nike for four years. Amazing time. Uh, I was like in the space of like, all right, the upcoming year, I didn't want to necessarily play for just like, you know, merch and everything like that. I wanted to kind of, you know, start the process of like building my own sneaker uh got approached by q4 sports uh and they, they gave me the opportunity to say hey look we you know you can have your own shoe you can customize it make whatever colorways you want and you can kind of go from there um with you know revenue splits this that and the third and then i was like uh hey let's let's do it um yeah. you know put my lawyers and put you know a number of people on it trying to figure out if, if this is a good idea um but all at the same time too um you know, in the back of my mind, I was just thinking, all right, this is great. I love, you know, I love working with Q4 Sports. Like, you know, the time I was there, which was two years, three, uh, two and a half years. Uh, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, all right, you know, how can I get to the point where I have creative control? Like, that's what I really wanted. Like, I wanted right. creative control. And, I, you know, as much kind of uh, publicity that I bought Q4 Sports, I thought, hey, look, they, they're going to give me you know, creative control right away. Right. Like that. I mean, I was, I was doing everything. I was customizing shoes. Um, uh, you know, you name it. Like I have a pair of shoes for Q4 sports in the hall of fame right now. So, yeah. uh, you know, I thought, Hey, this, this going to be, you know, a easy, just like handshake deal. Like, Hey, look, let's sign the papers and let's, let's keep it going. But you know, that wasn't the, the case. Yeah. And I definitely remember that, uh, seeing you on a couple different sneaker pages at the time, uh, wearing the Q4 sports, uh, was there anybody else uh, at that time represented uh, by Q4? Along yeah, they, they had uh, Etwan Moore. That's right. They had um, uh, they had Darren. Co well, yeah, Darren Collison. Darren Collison. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then Ty, Ty Lawson was overseas at the time. He was over in China. Uh -huh. so he, was, he was one of the other ones. And then um, Mari Space. Uh, Mari Space. Was over, yeah, he was over in China too. So. Yeah. And how do you how do you think those shoes felt? Did you like they were comfortable? You liked them? Yeah, they were great. They were great. Yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed you know um, what I you know I changed different things and added uh, different you know compositions to the bottom and and uh, and I thought it was a good looking shoe. It was a good looking shoe for you know what we you know what we made into. So it was good. Right. Yeah. 
And do you think the Q4 uh, had any type of influence uh, when you designed the LG1s? Um, I mean, they, they definitely gave me the inspiration of like what I could do. I knew right. what I could do from, you know, the experience working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it really didn't have anything to do like, um, like from like what I wanted to make it into. It, it really didn't have any like um, kind of vision from it. It was just like kind of, you know, going in my own direction and, and kind of leaving that behind. Right. Okay. So you guys leave sneaker con, you meet up at a diner in Detroit. I heard that Langston came in with a bag full of shoes and I heard that uh, that's how you came up with everything was he was going over each shoe and telling you what you want. <laughs> but I want to make a guess and guess that one of the shoes was the Jordan 10, because what I know from Jordan and a couple of other players is that that's their favorite shoe because it's the most comfortable. So I want to know, was one of them a Jordan 10? Well, all right. I'll jump in on that if you're cool. Yeah. Because I, I have a distinct memory. So like actually the way we... I'm going to add to a little bit of his last story because it's distinctive to me because like at that time I was in the midst, I've done a ton of footwear work, like on the side, like I've done stuff for Anta and like Clay Thompson and Curry and, you know, uh, Under Armour and other pieces, all blue sky things. Mm -hmm. And I had posted up at the time that like, I felt like really grabbed him in was I, my son had done like he was four at the time and he had done just this little thumbnail with crayons while we were out to dinner, like just a shoe. And I took it and finished it and took it way too far. Like I overthought it. I was like, hey, how would I actually make this thing and did all this stuff? And he hit me on IG after I had posted it. And he was like, I know you know how to do this. Like, let's make this real. And I was like, all right, like, yeah, let's do it. Because from my side, it's really about the collaboration. It's about the people and the connection that you're going to make. You can do a lot of stuff, but if you're not serious about it, there's no point in doing it because a, not to get too political or anything like that, but adding another product to the world that isn't needed is not what we need to do for our environment. But he had like an original view. So we kind of kept chatting. And then, you know, obviously, as we kind of joked at the beginning of this scheduling is scheduling. And uh, we arrived at a time where it met and we met, uh, I think he was he was in Royal Oak at the time. So we met at kind of a diner off of it. It's called Chris Bellis. It's one of my favorite places, to be honest with you. And uh, he came in with, you know, the NBA size like duffel bag, right? And uh, we just took up a boot there. I mean, I think we were, we got there at like six and I don't think we left until probably 1030, 1045. That's about right. Uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was deep conversation. It was, uh, uh, the main stuff that we honed in on was like focusing on fit, right? Because that's really what you're trying to do. Uh, the way we kind of always viewed it and the way we talked about the shoe is like as NBA players, like, yes, there's style. Yes, there's like that feeling and that emotional piece that everybody loves that brought us all into footwear and the way we like it. But it's also your tool. Like this is the way you succeed. This is like the thing that has to keep you moving. So we really talked about like as he prepared his bag, naturally he did this. He brought in the shoes that like fit best to him and made uh, key pieces. A lot of it, you know, like the yeah, Horatio 8, I remember was one of them. Uh, we had deep talks around like Kobe 5, uh, Jordan 13, and like a few of these pieces. And what was really interesting to me at that time, outside of Kobe 5, the bulk of the stuff that he was talking about was was all cut and sew shoes, meaning that it's not a bunch of pressed moldings that are coming down and and manufacturing it. And it was like, 
So as we started like taking notes and the other thing, he doesn't talk about it as much, but he had his own drawings as well. And uh, I think a lot of people, when you think of drawings and you think of art school and stuff, you critique yourself really hard, right? It's like you have to make the Mona Lisa when you draw. But drawing is just a form of communication. Right. And what he provided was like very good communication of what he was looking for. And that just spawned such an amazing conversation throughout the evening and, and where we wanted to go with it. So what I mean is, there were no phone posits in that bag at all. <laughs> no, none. None, none. I would like to know where the name ethics comes from and what are the ethics of the ethics shoe brand? Uh, if you could talk on that a little bit, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, so um, the original name, um, and most people don't even know this. I don't think we've even said it, Brett, to anybody, mm -hmm. but the original name was Soul Laboratories. So that like we had an LLC set up for, you know, for Soul Laboratories. And like we we had a whole like we was like me and Brett were going back and forth on sketches, like ideas, like how can we make it look good with the logo? And then I was like, I was like, man, Soul Laboratories, I just don't know. Like that's just too long. Like was, right, yeah. For I was sure. just like, ah, this, I mean, it's cool, but it's just it's just it's just a lot of moving pieces. And then um and then we kind of we kind of uh, regurgitated like all like the, the words that we came up with from the beginning, and then we thought back and was like, I don't, I don't know who who even said it. It might have been Sabrina, my wife Sabrina or Brett, maybe one or two. But um, then we just thought about what about your work ethic, and then I was like, yeah, ethics. Okay, yeah, just let's just keep it ethics, and then we kind of ran with that. Yeah, and then I started doing some digging. Well, like let me look on you know. Uh, go daddy and see if this you know the website is taken let's see if it's a trademark and it kind of was like from the most like for the most part it was all about like they had a couple brands that were similar but not like you know doing what we were doing what we, what we were going to do you know in our mind and so uh i was like this is it like you know you know most people they they talk about their brands and like we we, we tried to figure out like all right you know the the ethos of like you know your brand like you know the the gods and, and different things like that but then we like well you know we don't really have to go that that deep we can kind of keep it simple like my work right. ethic getting into the league like you know going undrafted like um it speaks for itself it, it speaks for itself yeah, yeah like that was sure. like everything like the, the journey of me grinding and and all three of us myself my wife sabrina brett like we've all had different journeys but we've all done you know a lot of different things in our lives to get us to this point and so that was like kind of like what we wanted to you know lay ahead on like all right we know that our work ethic is, has gotten us to this point but what's mm -hmm. going to continue to keep us here and that's you know having those those ethics the the morals that you know kind of you were raised by your parents or you know however they they, they brought you up or your grandparents or whoever was in your corner like trying to you know teach you the ropes and and that's kind of how we you know we stuck with that name and that's kind of the, the the biggest like you know statement and, and focal point that we always you know know that that's gonna stick with a lot of people right yeah now that speaks volumes because that's that's kind of like how my story is you know i went undrafted uh first year out of college i signed to exhibit 10 which is a training camp deal mm -hmm. and then uh worked my way to two-way and then wasn't offered you know what i thought was the right you know amount of money for me for the next couple of years so signed another two-way 
continuously worked and then uh you know thankfully was able to sign a multi-year deal so i could you know me personally i could definitely relate to you know ethics and the ethic brand and mm -hmm. and that moral so that's yep. uh that's big respect for for that for sure yep. Yep. i feel like uh tying into exactly what you were both just saying like it's really about the players like as we kept talking about this like I mean, I don't, I don't mean any shade to the league or anything like that, but there's like 15 players that truly get a shoe that's crafted around them. And then the rest of the league is left to kind of figure out what's going to work for them. Right. Right. Part of your livelihood without your guys' feet and the way you do it, it's just not going to work. So that was something that like we kept talking about. That's kind of how the soul laboratories was like, well, no, you're a lab for the foot. Like you, you're yeah. and bringing it. And when the ethics thing hit, because it, it, slew, it slowly grew, like this was roughly a, two and a half year journey, depending on how you look at it to where we're at right now. But like, as it grew, you felt that like organic feeling of like, no, this is coming from internal and becoming this like external thing. And it's like, how do you keep that, that soul and that feeling to it? Yeah. And then we were already making the shoe ethically. Like that was already a part of it. So that just kind of like tied in perfectly. You know, a lot of this stuff, in footwear it's an interesting journey you can get on like an alibaba you can get a sample made you can do that type of stuff that's that's not a i want to say it's not a challenging thing it takes a lot of energy and effort to make that happen but that doesn't mean that you've made a piece of footwear that is really going to be constructively done you've made like a sample so to speak right, right. yeah and we really focused on making sure we found the right partners to work with because we had looked at other groups of people it didn't click it didn't work like it wasn't what we were looking for and then we just kept kind of pushing it. And it just became this like journey of ethically partnering with the group, making sure that what we were doing was like all cut and sew, making sure that what we were doing didn't have animal product. It kept going. At that time, Lang, it also went entirely vegan. So it was all of these things kept pointing us in the direction and somehow ethics like naturally came to the table. I just want to state that I was also undrafted, but I was thinking because Langston is a vegan, we can work this in as a possible slogan. Uh, how about ethically made for the vegan inside of all of us? <laughs> yeah. Now, now, if we could just work on getting that basketball to be vegan, if we could just get rid of that leather, I think we could definitely make this work somehow. Look, I'm just here for spitball, all right? That's all I'm here for is just throwing ideas out. That's all. I'm just if you guys want to make other products on the ethics line, vegan basketball is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, not <nah>, for sure. <laughs> so everyone dreams of their own shoe, but I would like to know uh, what was the most challenging thing about making your own shoe? And then on top of that, I would also like to know what would you tell yourself now having gone through this process? Um, I'd probably say the most challenging thing, uh, I mean, it, it, like creating a shoe. Yeah. Like, you know, getting to the tech pack and all that, like that was definitely challenging, but like me and Brett, like we, we're kind of creative. So like, we just were like just throwing stuff at the wall, like, you know, design it all out. Let's change this, add this. So that was actually fun. So that really wasn't like that hard, um, you know, getting to the tech pack and then, and then, you know, bring it to the factory i think the hardest thing was like us not being in person um like COVID was had just happened when uh we kind of first started like this was like uh so this is like probably 
into year one of us working together and then COVID right. happened and then I left Detroit and then never, you know, I, I never went back to Detroit. That was it. And so uh, for basically 10 months, you know, we were working uh, everything off uh, Zooms, uh, FaceTimes, text messages, uh, emails, like that was, that was everything. So that was the probably the most challenging part because we, you know, we weren't in person to kind of, all right, let's, let's look at this. Okay, let's change that. All right, I'm putting my foot in the shoe. Oh, I don't like this. Let's, let's do this. I was kind of doing everything off a of video. Like, oh, no, I don't like this. Look, I think the last time we actually saw each other in person was like yeah. February of 20, like right before it happened, right? Yep. Yep. Right before the Utah scenario happened, basically, which yep. is who you guys had played. So, yep. yeah, I didn't even think about that until you said that now, actually. But yeah, yeah. it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. And then um, I, I don't think, shoot, I don't think, Brett, we've seen each other since. Since then. Since then, yeah, we really, we still haven't yeah. seen each other, like, in person. Like, we've only did everything off of Zoom. I feel like we've seen each other, but we haven't. We, I mean, uh, just to be frank, we probably, I mean, we text at least 30 times a day. Yeah. On yeah. top of that, like, whenever, you know, we'll call each other, FaceTime or whatever. So, communication has not gone awry by any means. Right. Yeah. I think to answer my side of it, I suppose, I actually think that that's kind of the beauty of it. I mean, and, and it kind of plays into to some of our scenarios, like, regardless if we were in person or not, like we still had to kind of flex around his schedule and stuff like that and my schedule, but most importantly, his. Uh, if I have to pick the easiest thing, the easiest thing was honestly, and I don't mean this just as a cliche, but is, it was working with him. He had an easy vision. He kind of knew what we were, what he wanted to achieve. I think a lot of the times when you work with people, it doesn't matter if it's an athlete or just a, any regular person. A lot of people can tell you like, I want it to be comfortable or I want it to be unique. Those are all very vague terms. Like comfort is different for all four of us on this call and same with unique, right? And it just doesn't mean the same thing, but Lang could really break it down. So that made my job really easy. The challenge I would say was probably factory alignment. I mean, that that's probably the hardest part and finding somebody that believes in you. I mean, I'm not going to get into production numbers, but there's no guessing on here. We're not, you know, a major corporation like a, you know, a Nike, Adidas or anybody. Right. So our volume numbers aren't there. So it's actually convincing a really good factory to be like, no, take a risk on us and, you know, stop your line for this other company and do X amount of short volume run shoes. And a lot of it comes in those negotiations and talking through it. You know, the past couple of years of COVID has obviously provided us great time to be able to connect because I would actually say COVID worked not to be unempathetic or take the weight from what COVID was for many people, but for us, it allowed us time to connect. Um, and I thought that was that was really good. The past year of freight and shipping things from one country to another, man, that was a journey. journey. <laughs> and still is. So that, that's probably been a good challenge. Uh, but, you know, it's been fun because like, it's kind of been the three of us amongst a few other people really navigating this and like the small crew. And what is nice of being small is we're kind of on our own timeline. So we can navigate things a little bit easier, but it's the journey. <laughs> right. So where, where are the LG ones kind of, you know, made, uh, made at like, you guys have a warehouse, you guys have a specific location. How does that work? Uh, footwear capital of the world is kind of Guangzhou for the most part out of, out of China. Uh, so we, we are working with a, a partner and a factory out of there. Uh, they're, they are us based in the sense mm -hmm. of, of how we work with them, uh, which is really helpful because 
you get kind of a, a good timeline, you get an understanding of business sides and everything so you can work through them. So it's that scenario. And then obviously we bring it to the States to do the warehousing and everything past that. Right. Okay. I was going to say that now having gone through this process, what is something you would like to tell yourself at the beginning of the process of like, oh, okay, now I've made a shoe. Here's something that I should tell myself back then. Uh. I don't, I don't really think it was is nothing that I can like say. Oh man, I wish I would have done this different. It's 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 been fun. Like the process has been truly amazing. Like, um, you know, I wish more people understood like the the journey of it all because like, you know, my whole thing is, and this is what Brett kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. It's like for the players, by the players, and I and I wanted to have like ownership. Like that's what I wanted to, you know kind of embody like I wanted my own ownership and my own brand being able to uh kind of grow it from the ground up and, and creating that legacy piece is everything for me like creating a legacy you know that way you know one day if my son wants to play basketball he can wear his own shoes or if my daughter wants to run the company she can run the company but it's like that's what I was thinking like uh when, when I first like got going and saw, all right, we have a shoe. Okay. We have a brand. Okay. Like that's, that was like kind of like the mindset, but then from the standpoint of like, you know, now we're at the, the stage where, you know, now we have AAU teams that want to be a part of it. We have, um, we're trying to work on like, you know, college programs that have, um, high school programs. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, that's the fun of it all. Like we've, we've enjoyed like, you know, uh, so many different lanes that we can kind of like be a part of and, and, and people reaching out and then wanting to be a part of it. But it's like, it's just, it's just been fun. Like just the, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of headaches. I won't say it's been like smooth sailing. Like it's like a lot of ups and downs, but mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's been the fun thing about it. Cause it's like, you know, you, you never want anything to be perfect. You, you know, being undrafted, the same thing. Like you, you know, the, the beauty is in, is in the struggle. Like that's, that's where, you know, you really see like, you know, what you're made of for sure. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like from my side, I've had those experience with with some other athletes that have many layers between them, and it's cool, it's good. That's that's the way it works. But there's a different level of grit that's tied to this, of like how to get through the perseverance. That I was very thankful for the way with it because a lot of my experience of how I do this, because he he kind of mentioned it earlier on, of like you get to the tech pack, you get to the drawing. That's kind of the easy part. I mean, that's that's honestly, it's the blueprint taking the blueprint of a home, a car, a shoe, or whatever it may be, and actually have it manufactured, that's where the challenge comes into play. Yeah. And kind of being able to work through that and guide through it was awesome. I guess if I have to be tongue-in-cheek of what I would ever do differently is one mistake I made was put, like, the volumes on the tech pack. And then when you change the volumes, like, that doesn't necessarily get translated in a different language, so you end up with some more volume than, than you might account for. I mean, it's little things like that. But overall, I mean – Man, the journey was actually relatively, as far as getting the product to life, I can't, you know, outside of like having things shipped to us, it was pretty beautiful and, and pretty smooth. I mean, yep. you know, there's minor little things that you go through that you don't, uh, you know, equate for, but the communication is probably the key thing to making all this happen. And that was the best part of it. So, Is there anything in particular that you would like to tell yourself back then or, or no, not at all? It actually was a, was a me thing. Um, I kind of go back to the you gonna have to well no it's a Zoom BB uh, Steve Nash's okay 
uh, I think it was 08 or something like mm -hmm. that, Brett? It was 08, 08 yeah. yeah. 08, yeah. So that was a shoe that I remember when I was growing up playing in AU ball, and I remember, like, seeing that shoe. Well, I, I wore it for, like, a little bit, but I remember, like, playing against a lot of players. I'm like, man, this shoe is dope. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can see the stitching. You can see how it's, like, you know, put together with by hand. Like, you can see all the different intricate pieces where they, you know, they had to put this layer together, add this, take this away. So it's like you can see all of that in a shoe, and that's what I was like. First thing I bought, I told Brett, is like that's what I want. I want something different, something that it can't be just like you know a machine just go through it and then, all right, it's done. But it's like something where you know somebody has to do it by hand, and they have to you know take their time and be you know be a part of the process. So that that was like the whole shoe in in, in one, like it embodied that. That's what I wanted, and and we did that. We did it for sure. So like that bag of shoes that he brought, right? Obviously that that was one of them. Like the way I kind of kicked off the project was there's roughly seven to 10 shoes that were in there. And like, I took them home and sketched every one of them and like did my own notes on it. Like, hey, here's what I take from it. And here's what I interpreted from the way you talked about it. Is this accurate? And, uh, you know, we sent that back and forth and I, and it was a good kind of conversation, you know, from my side of, of making footwear, uh, cost is always like a number one thing. And I want to be careful with this statement because I truly don't mentally think of it, but the way I approached it, I was like, Hey, if I'm investing my own money and I'm starting this up, I kind of know the challenges of my 15 years of experience of doing this. What would I be watching for and how would I do it differently? And like the number one way for him to probably lose his investment real quick is to do a fully molded shoe because that means you got to hit volumes of like two hundred thousand right away to pay that off because those molds are super expensive right. and i was like then after we noted everything that we both liked like we're both pretty much an encyclopedia of footwear you know he's got way more than me obviously but I've got around 600 pairs. Like we can reference anything that we need to talk about and what we need to understand. So from that side, it became like this path of, all right, cut and sew doesn't exist on the market today. Go and find it somewhere. I challenge any one of you to do it. You're not going to find it within the basketball market. So we knew if we were going to do something different, you at least had that. Visually, it was going to stay it out. Most of that stuff is reserved for used to be reserved for like the high end, the Gucci's, the Louis and stuff. But I would say Y3 is about the only one that's doing it. That's in the closest market. Uh, but it was just like this conversation and that brought in, I feel like of everything that he just kind of laid out and everything that we fell in love with the area that we grew up, like it kind of feels alive. The difference that we wanted to hit though, was make sure that it was this super modern fit. Like the key point to us is like, or as a designer is like last comes first so that that doesn't mean like a rhetorical statement the last is what the shoe is built on so it really formed like a modern fit that was contrary to his foot we knew we were going to have a full-length inner booty that was like one of the things that he really honed in on a lot of his shoes so we started with that kind of conforming because i think if you think about like a lot of the retro product that we're all familiar with that's where the difference is when you compare it to a modern shoe is it captures an era of probably the person that we all fell in love with or influenced by behind me here. Uh, it looks really good, but it doesn't feel like, say, put on the shoe that's being made right now. Pick, pick your shoe that's going through the league or whatever. We wanted both of those things. So we just honed in on making that perfect fit and then just stylizing from there. 
where I think we got lucky that, that I didn't necessarily intend for. It was like all those beautiful stitch lines, also like eliminating creasing, right? Like every one of these, like it bends and flows naturally with the foot, which I mean, it's slightly a happy, happy I don't want to call it a mistake, but it just wasn't something that we, we toned into, but it was, it was fresh in that sense. Yeah. yeah. So what's your favorite favorite part like on the sneaker? Like for me, when I looked at it and I saw it, uh, I like the invisible uh, shoe lacing, the hidden lacing mm -hmm. up until, you know, the three at the top. Uh, that's kind of like one of my favorite parts uh, looking at the sneaker. So what's uh, what's your guys' favorite part of the sneaker? Yeah, so to, to kind of break that down. So I, I know you mentioned that the, the Jordan 10. So we stole that from the Jordan 10. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at, like, how it looks, like, the kind of, like, line, if you look at the Jordan 10, it's the same thing. It's just that we didn't add, like, you know, Jordan has the, you know, the years of championships and, you know, his all his accomplishments in there. So that was yeah. like, something that we stole from there. But uh, my thing, my, my, my biggest, uh, I have the shoes. Oh, actually, right here. Perfect. Just like Brett grabbed it. So I actually, if you look at the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. So, um I told Brett, I was like, hey, look, you know, I'm from Louisiana, but I'm also from Philly, too. Like, Philly's, like, my second home. And so I wanted to add, like, this right here. So it kind of, like, you know, people think, oh, it's a sweet the line. Like, what is that? But it's, like, actually the Liberty Bell. So Liberty Bell is kind of, you know, it has the crack in it. So I was like, all right, we can, you know, make a, a simple, like, addition right. at the bottom that's something different that, you know, people won't realize unless they, you know, they actually ask me, like, what, you know, what'd you go with that? uh this kind of sapphire right here is like uh for you know being a sagittarius like that's the stone for you know mm -hmm. sagittarius i'm born in december okay and then uh my son uh like he's he's pretty big in the basketball but i just wanted to have something here that you know kind of resembled him and that, that was like you know at the time like he was the only, only kid i had at the time and then now <laughs> you know, I, have, I have a daughter so nice. um definitely on shoot two i'm gonna definitely have to uh add yeah. something different uh to make sure she comes into the shoe as well. For sure. Now that's dope. How about you, Brett? What's your favorite part of the shoe? I think my favorite part is a couple of things. Probably like the, the E embroidery. Like mm -hmm. I love the depth of it. And I love that kind of like hidden touch detail. Yeah. Uh, the hidden lacing is uh is is definitely like up on mine. And I'm not gonna say we stole it. We inspired. We took it so much. <laughs> but like I think it's that the color blocking of it, because we could do like the key thing that I wanted to hit was like making sure that we could tell like significantly different stories with mm -hmm. each one that comes out because they got it coming off of Lang and like where he was with Q4 and like the customization that he really honed in on. We wanted to make sure that we provided a palette for that. So, you know, we still have four other colorways that are coming and I think we tell a different story with each one. Mm -hmm. um, but my favorite one is probably like the way the stitching like arcs and then like asymmetrically wraps the ankle and comes up yeah that's, that's one of my favorite details personally yeah i think it's a dope shoe man when uh when we found out we was gonna do this and doing our research on everything about the shoe and and all that it's a uh, it's a pretty dope shoe and you know you can't say that about every shoe especially anyone making their own uh you know there's a lot of flaws and different things with the shoe but i i really personally like the shoe for real appreciate it yeah thank you i i uh I told Lang, like, as we got into it, like, there was, there was a defining moment when he was on Phoenix last year where I remember when I got the call where I think we, we had got the final prototypes of the first three colorways. Mm -hmm. And, like, we both realized, like, 
oh, this is like really good. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'll never forget it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is coming together. Like, cause it's weird. Like, I don't mean to, not that we didn't want it to be good or anything like that. Right. Like, there's that moment where it's internal to just a couple people. Mm-hmm. And then when others like see it and, and solidify it, like, yeah. Man, yeah. Such a good moment and good feeling. But I'll never forget. I actually have screenshots of the text chain. So <laughs> it's, uh, I'll never forget it when it happened. Right. You got to get Jordan in a pair of ethics, man. We got to see him and, um, you know, I want to, you know, customize them, you know, one sunrise, one sunset, um, you know, but I'm already getting ahead of myself. You know, what am I doing? I'm on the marketing team. I'm, I don't know why I'm designing right now. Let's let me stop. Let me stop. Jordan, you, you're a free agent right now. Are you, what you're yeah, doing? I'm a, I'm a sneaker free agent. Uh, free agent? Oh, I mostly yeah, wear yeah. Nikes, but, you know, I'm willing to definitely for sure rock a pair of ethics. Hey, yeah, we, we got to get you in a pair, but we got to get you in one. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. We'll, we'll definitely connect on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my next question, actually, was, uh, you know, I'm following Langston on Instagram and I looked up and I saw, you know, how many questions he was answering. He was just getting bombarded with colorway, colorway, colorways. Um, Yeah, you know, Jordan, what was your favorite again? Mine's that he got game 13s. Yeah, I like you like the core ones. You like the core ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like the coral. Is that that's it? Yeah, the one with the orange and the black. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Frozen coral. The frozen corals. Yeah. Yo, frozen coral. My mistake. Sorry about that. But yeah, that's my favorite one. You want me to grab the next one, Lang? You want me to run out? And yeah, one? yeah, you can. I mean, I, yeah, I don't have one right now. Yeah, I only got that one. Yeah. yeah. So my question is, how do you come up with them? So I, I kind of like the first colorway, um, we wanted to have like a white but also like have that lavender in there. So lavender is actually like a color for uh, Sagittarius. That's like the, the color for Sagittarius. Um, second shoe, we wanted to have like a black shoe. You know, like most of the times, like when you look at like a black shoe um, as just like a, a wave jersey or whatever the case may be, like all schools, they want that, that kind of something that defines them. So I was like, all right, you know, you can kind of have like a, a bread kind of feel to it, but it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, a wave shoe for, for a lot of people. And then this third shoe is Brett's, um, you know, going to show. That's uh, that's the next colorway that's coming out. Just the uh, melon colorway. Mm. Um, that was kind of like my my son's colorway. That was like kind of like embody like you know me with my journey with the sons, and um, you know I just you know we lost him in, in the final, so it, it kind of all just came together. And then uh, the three colorways after that is is kind of like it. It's definitely going touch more story wise from like me hit like hitting home more so than the first three colorways where you know first three colorways just like you know where i've been at the last couple of years and then the next three colorways would be completely different than what what people are thinking mm-hmm. and how do you go about uh like marketing your shoe because that's kind of one thing we, we on our podcast we talk about and that's uh you know that's really big with uh not only sneakers but different companies and brands it's just you know, how they market the shoe. So like, how do you go about marketing and, and pitching a campaign and all that? Yeah, we're, we're, we're actually um, in the process right now. We've been um, just trying to get everything out there. Like, I, you know, I get hit up with questions every single day. Oh, I didn't know you started your own brand. Oh, I didn't know you, you know, you're doing this colorway. Oh, I thought you were still a Q4. It's like, it's a lot of questions like that every single day. Yeah. So it's just like being organic with it really like just trying right. to get behind like the messaging trying to like post every single day mm-hmm. uh like answering questions from the fans like letting them ask questions so they can kind of get feel like all right what's going on posting on my regular page 
Um, and then just just trying to get into magazines right now. Like that's probably like our next big push right now. We're trying to figure out like, hey, wait, how how can we get into these different magazines, different um, uh, websites that kind of like it drives like not 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 so much the sales, but more so just like you know people knowing like knowing what's going on, like what what we're doing. Like you know we're you know a startup, but you know yeah. we got to find ways to you know grow as as best we can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's um, interesting because I was thinking, you know, now in today's world, you know, consumers don't want to just buy a product and feel empty. They want to know that they're buying something or it's a piece of something that is greater or more thought out. And I was thinking when I looked at the bottom mm-hmm. of the outsole, I saw a line between yep. the two points and I thought that represented the journey. And also when you were talking about yeah, how you come yeah, up with colorways sure. and, you know, how uh, that one represents your son, who I believe you said was a Sagittarius. And, you know, the idea of uh, thinking of astrology. And, you know, I believe mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe sometimes we've gotten a little bit too connected into the logical part of our thinking versus uh, intuitively. Like when you said that, you know, it's a happy accident. And I feel like we have to kind of allow those things to happen into our lives and into our work. And also on top of that, you know, the idea of you making a colorway for your son or designs for your son, I think that's a big thing because people will go, you know, now I want to buy a shoe for my son because he's thinking of Mm -hmm. his kid or maybe I want to design a shoe for my son. So that's very important. And, you know, I just Mm -hmm. want to say also this last another question, which is, you know, what is next for the ethics brand? We, we're, we're working on, um, hopefully in the next couple, of, it was supposed to come out today, but um, we had some logo, uh, you know, discrepancy with like how big and all that and, and how we can kind of get the sizing right. But we're, we're coming out with a dad's dad hat. So that'd okay. be the next thing that comes out. There you go. You know, got to have a dad hat. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's big. Uh, so, we, you know, we have the merch start coming out. It'll start trickling out as we, you know, kind of, you know, go through the next couple of months. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the the next big thing for us is like, you know, the colorways coming out um, and then hopefully fall um, or even next year, um, we're working on two and three right now. So LG2 um, will be a low cut shoe. I can go ahead and tell you guys that, you know, right now this is a mid cut. We're working on the, the LG2 is a low cut. And then LG3 uh, will basically be that, you know, walk around, um, kind of just, just, you know, cool vibe that, you know, if you want to train in it, you can train in it. If you want to walk around in it, you can walk around in it. So that's, that's kind of like where our head is at and, you know, what's, what's the next thing on the horizon. And then, and to like say that that's not just talk, like we got the photos of the first prototype. Yeah. 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 We, we have the right night. Yeah. We have it right now. Yeah. So that's dope. It's, it's exciting in that sense. I'm happy for y'all, man. Like just yeah. listening and getting to know y'all and, and everything about the brand, man. That's, that's, that's super exciting and super dope, man. I wish y'all nothing but the best going forward for real. Yeah. I uh, screenshotted this, so I'm going to lie and tell everyone we're friends. So <laughs> yeah, my friends design sneakers. I mean, you know, yours don't. Oh, okay. That's, that's interesting. Wow. I guess you should, you know, level up, but you know, whatever. <laughs> for sure. That's really all I have to cover the uh, ethics uh, shoe brand. Exactly. I wanted to know specifically from Brett, because I also follow you on Instagram, um, why you wanted the the Yeezy 
knit runner uh, so badly? And what is it about that shoe that you love? So I got like this, this circle on the floor in front of my office of like stuff that makes me think differently. <laughs> and uh, you can see it there on the bottom right, right? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, honestly, Yeezy's, Yeezy's Yeezy. I'm sure we all have a Kanye story of like <laughs> how Last Call changed us or Yeezus or My Beautiful Dark Twisted Bands. Pick, pick your thing, right? From a footwear standpoint, though, I'm not going to call it the most functional pieces on the planet by any means, but it is like they're taking essentially known technologies and known manufacturing and pushing it to a really high level. Knit Runner, uh, which is like Lang has different shoe connections than I have. So let's just state that. But like Knit Runner is one of the few ones where I'm like, hey, I kind of need your help. Uh, it didn't work out, but like I did, I did hit him. But that thing, like the moment I saw it, I was like, oh, this is the future of footwear. Like this is 100% how footwear is going to be made. I mean, if you think about like knitting and uh, most people know it from fly knit or other stuff like that, right? But what they're essentially doing is taking knitting, taking a boost insole, making a knitted bag, so to speak, putting that up in there and then just gluing it rubber onto it. So think of how you want to recycle. Think about how you want to custom make something. Pop that out. Put a new piece in. Like they're doing it in a heavily artistic way that pushes proportions and stuff like that that probably makes everybody, it's a little too controversial. It makes everybody think too differently because it looks more like a sculpture than it does like a functional piece of footwear. But Matthew Williamson, who's like the head of, of Givenchy and owns a company called uh, Afflicts, like, you know, he was one of Kanye's dudes. If you go and look at like the shoes that he's creating for Givenchy right now, he's probably making some of the most like pushing of what that is, where he's injecting the rubber right onto the knit. So if you think of like how something's made, right, most stuff is made flat and then wrapped around the form. And the more parts you have, the more time you have, the more people and processes, the more it costs, like as simple as that. Uh, and it's the more that you add to it not being sustainable. So to me, what I see that as is like the first step of where we're going to be seven years from now, where rubber is probably just injected directly to this upper piece that's wrapping the foot. So yeah, I, when I, just about damn near everything that I own is a, a piece of history in my view. And like makes me think differently. Yes, I have like your typical pieces, black cement threes, Union Jordan ones, like that type of stuff, which is beautiful stuff. But like the Nike Zabotchka, the, you know, the Knit Runner, I just bought a pair of 700s that just arrived today that I haven't opened yet. Like that type of stuff. Like it's what helps me to think differently. So when somebody does come with an idea, it's like, how do we push it further to what that idea is? If that makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Langston? Um, you know, is there any shoes that you look forward to or is it just things that are coming from your life that are completely pushing you forward? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out the box right now with, when it comes to shoes. I try to buy like the Sauconies, the New Balances, um, a6 like I, I, I know me going like I'm, I'm big with like eBay. Like I'll go on eBay and like I'll you know, I'll swindle somebody like just going back and forth with somebody on there trying to like break down the price on like something like something like that. Like I, I, I'm big with that. Like, you know, I have, you know, I don't know if 
you guys have seen it, but I have like 3,500 pairs of shoes. You know what I mean? So I got a lot of shoes, a lot of shoes. And uh, it's crazy. And so, like, I got to, like, literally, like, I got to find, you know, different, you know, shoes outside the box. Like, I could go and find, like, or I could get uh, from all my different connects. Hey, I can get the GRs, like, every day. I can get, if I wanted to get those every day, I could get those. But I'm trying to find, like, stuff that, like, 85s. Like, I, I found a pair of 85s the other day. One of my boys connected me. I'm looking for, uh some 85 sbs like you know I, i'm always like looking for different things outside the box like just things that kind of make sense going forward for the for the brand like I, i'm always shooting bread ideas about like uh old school like nike runners and old school um new balance runners like just stuff from the past that way you know the brands that you know they're futuristic now like they're not even worried about what happened in the past anymore like that that could be you know on the wall somewhere but you know, if we if we find a way to have our own niche, then you know we it, it, nobody can ever say, hey, we cop we copied off of them and said, oh, we did exactly what you guys did this year. Like, no, nah, we you know we did our own thing, something separate. It just you know we might have took snippets that we liked from the, from what we look at from a shoe aesthetic, but from the standpoint of like going after a shoe, hey, we, we're doing something different from everybody else. Learn from the past to create your future, man. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah um you know that's pretty cool but i want to make sure that i get a time stamp of this you know seven years down the road it's gonna say something along the lines of like i was there when yeah. he said there's gonna be an ethics knit so internet you know do your work you know remind me in seven years please hey, <laughs> all i gotta say is i told brett this other day and you guys hear this first we're going to have our own manufacturer here in the States one day. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be one day. And it's going to be up in North Dakota, Wyoming, or somewhere up there. And we're going to be up next there. Next to the Yeezy Farm. Right. <laughs> next to the Yeezy Farm, making shoes, spinning, yeah. them, out, spinning them out. So that's 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 a dream. Uh, yep. But, I, you know, speaking in existence. Got to speak For in sure. existence. 100. I'm going to be living right there in a big warehouse of 3,500 shoes. <laughs> I'm going to be like your concierge. Like, right this way, my lord, to see Sir Langston Gallop. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's it for this episode of Kicks of Your Life. Uh, we're here with the guys from the Ethics brand. Brett, let everyone know where they can find you at, please. I'm pretty much just on Instagram. I do have a Twitter account, but IG is the best place to connect with me. It's just at Goliff, my last name, G-O-L-L-I-F-F. And then for me, uh, you know, going ethics of brand, uh, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, my real page, Lane Galloway Ten. If you guys, you know, want to look me up, but yeah, now nah, those those two, those are my two pages. Uh, LG Kicks. If you know, if you want to talk about sneakers outside of ethics, that's, <laughs> that's my other page. But yeah, no, nah, for sure, those those are my three pages. Those are you know, that's where you'll find me at. Sir. And what about you, Jordan? You find me at it's McLaughlin 11 on all social media platforms. Uh, again, I want to thank you guys for jumping on the kicks of your life podcast. Uh, we really appreciate having you and uh, sharing your ethics brand and everything about you guys. So again, thank you guys. Yeah, definitely. This is um, huge. You know, uh, I got to come down to Detroit or you come up to New York and uh, we got to talk about design together. You know, I'm very interested in um, down, man. your ideas and thoughts behind it. And that's it. You know, this has been another episode of Kicks of Your Life. Uh, 
this is going to be huge. You know, the ethics brand, make sure you check them out. Make sure you follow me, Jordan, Brett, Sir Langston, yes, sir. and peace.